tonight's topic is being a friend of God. We'll start with the passage in 1 John chapter 1, 1 to 5. I'll read. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, concerning the word of life. So the apostles here are talking about their relationship with Jesus Christ, whom they have heard and seen and touched. Verse 2, the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. This is the message which we have heard from Him, and declare to you that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. We have studied this passage, but I want to start here. They're saying in these verses, they have received a message from Jesus Christ that they want to tell the church. Or in other words, to tell us. And that message is found in verse 5. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And we said before, this truth about God, that God is light and there's no darkness in him, should be part of our fundamental belief about Jesus Christ or about God. It should be central in our thinking when we think of God. He is light. God is not only love, God is not only good, but God is light. Now, that message is being given to the church or now to us so that we can enter into what they call fellowship now what does fellowship mean in the classic amplified version fellowship is translated this way i will read it verse 3 what we have seen and ourselves heard we are also telling you so that you too may realize and enjoy fellowship as partners and partakers with us and this fellowship that we have which is a distinguishing mark of Christians, is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. So we have learned here that the deeper meaning of fellowship or the literal meaning of fellowship is partnership. Okay, don't forget that. So the message that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all is given to us so that we can have fellowship as partners and partakers with God in his business. God has a business. God has a plan. In fact, he has his own calendar. He goes by and he needs partners in the earth who will work with him and enjoy the profits of this business. So we have learned from the past that fellowship is more than having a relationship with God. It's actually working together with God 
as a partner. And in order to work with God as a partner, we also learn we must walk in the light as He is in the light. Now, going along this line of thinking, God even likens having fellowship with Him to being His friend. That's our topic tonight. In other words, you will find out tonight that God's partners in His ministry on the earth are also considered to be His friends. Now, this concept is somehow foreign in the secular world. Why? Because you can be in the workplace or whatever circular job you're in or business and you can actually work with people who are not your friends. Isn't that right? You can actually work with them. You don't need to be in friendship with them to work in a certain job. Correct? Now, not so in the kingdom of God. This is what I want you to get. With God, the people he works with are considered to be his friends. Fantastic. That's very interesting. Now, let's look at some passages that talks about being a friend of God. Turn to John 15, verses 14 and 15. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. So here, you notice verse 14, becoming God's friend is conditional. You are my friends if. That means not all his children are considered to be his friends. Not all his children are considered to be his partners. That's important to understand. There's a condition in entering into friendship with God. I'm not talking about relationship between God as a father and we as children. Okay? The moment you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are forever a child of God. Okay? You're born again. But to enter into a level of intimacy with God where he considers you to be a friend and partner is a different thing. Okay? Somehow step into another level of intimacy with God. And as you well know, in the kingdom of God, there are promotions. So Jesus said in verse 14, if you do whatever I command you, you are my friends. So being a friend has something to do with hearing and obeying God. Now verse 15, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Jesus is saying, I have called you friends. Why? Because all things I've heard from my Father, I've made known to you. That's what he's saying. In other words, he's telling his disciples, I've shared with you his plans. I've shared with you his heart his mind, his words, and if you actually do them, you are considered my friends. So let's talk on a human level, okay? 
Isn't that also true in human relationships? You considered someone to be a friend when you can say to that someone what's in your heart. And that person accepts you, understands you, most of the time agrees with you, and just plainly responds to whatever you reveal to that person. So that's the case in human relationships. Like the body of Christ is so big and so large, it's worldwide. Even in your, in your local church, you might have many members, but not all of them are your friends, correct? There are only special few people whom you really consider as friends. In fact, we are encouraged in the Bible to choose our friends. Now, it's the same way with the Lord Jesus Christ or with God. God is looking among his children who are willing to listen, agree, and actually do what he says. I hope you get that. Now, what's the key in reaching that level of intimacy with God? This is the most important thing. If you want to be a friend of God, what's the key? You will find it in previous verses. John 15, verse 4, and verse 7. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So when you abide in Jesus Christ, and he abides in you, what does it say? You will bear fruit. If you do not abide... You cannot bear fruit. It's impossible to bear fruit without abiding. Now look at verse 7. It says there, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. So with these verses, Jesus now reveals to us the secret into entering into friendship with God. And the secret is, abiding abiding you should write that down in your notebook if you abide in him according to verse 7 you will not only get your own needs met but you will know what god is doing in the earth do you want to know that now to understand the word abide i'll just tell you what it simply means to abide means to stay. So I will uh, read a couple of versions to get a clear picture of abiding. In the complete Jewish Bible, it says there, verse 4, Stay united with me as I will with you. That means abiding entails being in constant agreement with God. Stay united. Another version, in the contemporary English version, verse 4 says, Stay joined to me and I will stay joined to you. That's a picture of constant connection. In other words, to abide means being in constant agreement and constant connection with Jesus Christ. That's real abiding. Constant agreement, constant 
connection with Jesus. Now, how do you know if you are already abiding? That's a very good question. You must know for yourself if you are abiding. If this is so important, you need to understand or you need to know where you are with God. Verse 7 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. What's revealing is in the contemporary English version. It says there, Stay joined to me and let my teachings become a part of you. Did you hear that? Let my teachings become a part of you. So you know you're abiding when the words of God become a living part of your daily life. That means his words shape the way you think. It shapes the way you feel. It shapes the way you see things then it becomes the deciding factor of your choices. You hear his words every time you're faced with something. Your word-minded, your perspective is not coming from the world. Your perspective is coming from the Bible or from the kingdom of God. Now, if you're abiding, you're always growing. Because there's this constant connection and agreement with God. Every day you grow. Every day you change. Every day you change for the better. And that's good news. And that's how you know you're abiding. When you've reached a plateau in your relationship with God, and sometimes you backslide, that means you're not anymore abiding. Because it is automatic to bear fruit when you're abiding. It's automatic to grow when you're abiding. Why? Every time you hear from God, something happens to you. You're enriched and you're always adjusting. And when you're always adjusting, you're in that process of growth. Now, this kind of abiding ushers you into a friendship with God or partnership. You will know what he is doing in the earth and you'll be able to work with what he wants done. The real issue is this one. This is the real issue. What does he want done in your life? What does he want done in your family? What does he want done in your city, in your nation, the Philippines, or whatever country you're in? See, the bottom line is, it's not what we want, it's what God wants done. So keep that in mind because it's so important not only to live or work for Him, it's so vitally important you work with Him. You work with Him. That's what His friends do. They are now abiding in God and working with God in what he wants done today. The friends of Jesus are at home with the commandments of God, not suggestions. They are at home with absolute truth, not compromises. So you know you're a friend when regardless of how you feel, 
or what circumstances you're in or what problems you're facing, you're ready to say, yes, Lord, whatever you command me to do, I will do it. That's the friend of God. I hope that's very clear. Let's see more examples now, some examples of the people he calls friend. Look at Exodus 33, verse 11. These are the friends of God. Exodus 33, verse 11. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. It says here, God speaks to his friends face to face. Wonderful. Meaning, he speaks to them openly directly, personally. He's able to tell his friends what he wants. Not only encouragements, but I want to say at this point, he also tells his friends warnings. That includes warnings. Because part of God's direction in our lives are warnings to keep us out of trouble. Okay? I want to dig into that for a minute, okay? This is so important. God sees what's ahead of us. He, in fact, he sees what we don't see. He sees the enemy and everything that the enemy is planning against us. God is eternal. He's already in eternity, past, present, future. He knows everything. And because he knows everything, he loves to give warnings to his people. Why? To prepare them and to protect them. Now, the perfect example of a warning you can find at the Garden of Gethsemane. Remember that? At the Garden of Gethsemane, that's the night that he was betrayed, correct? Matthew 26, verse 40. And see what happened. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Would you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So if you read the entire passage, uh, Jesus warned them twice. They just ignored what he commanded them. He said to them to pray, to watch. He warned them lest you enter into temptation. They did not heed the warning. The result, when Jesus was finally betrayed and arrested, all the disciples deserted and ran away. That's the result. So what's the lesson? We have to learn to listen to God's warnings so we don't fall or hit our head on the wall. That's why he gives warnings, especially nowadays. Especially now when you see all around you how evil is so rampant already. In fact, no? In fact, in our days, evil does not hide anymore. Does not hide. It's rampant. It's visible. Okay? There's really a spiritual warfare that's happening. And the manifestation of that is the pandemic. 
sa pandemic. Now, it's time to learn to listen to God's warnings. We've got to learn to listen, not just immediately rebuke something negative without listening first. I hope that's clear, okay? Now, there's another one in the Word which he called a friend. Let's look at James 2, verse 23. And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Wow. Abraham was called the friend of God. Let's see how this friendship, this fellowship works with God, with Abraham as an example. Genesis 18, verses 1 and 2. Then the Lord appeared to him by the terebinth trees of Mamre, as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. So he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground. Now, here we see three heavenly visitors and they are on their way eventually to Sodom. But first, they asked for someone. Look at verse 9 and 10. Then they said to Abraham, Where is Sarah your wife? So he said, Here in the tent. Verse 10. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah your wife shall have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent door which was behind him. This three came from heaven and brought themselves a blessing for Abraham and Sarah. But also in this story, because the whole story you can find in Genesis 18 and 19, they did not only bring a blessing, they are also bringing a cursing. It depends on which side of this deal with God are you on? Are you on the blessing side or on the cursing side? You see, in the Bible, it is us who choose which side we will be. For many years, we have studied this verse, but I want to go there again to remind us of this. Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 19. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. You notice, God said, I have set before you. What did he set? What's already in the world? He has set in the world right now, life, or death, blessing, or cursing. This means it's already in the world. It's already set. That means God is not up on his throne with a big stick on his hand waiting for us to make a mistake or to do some sin and then he punishes us with a curse. That's not God. Blessings, 
and cursings are already set in the world. And the good news is we get to choose what we like. And if you don't know what to choose, the Word of God says, therefore, choose life. It's plain and simple. God wants us always, whatever the circumstances are, whatever the problem is, it's up to us to choose whether blessing or cursing, death or life. God's will for us is blessing. Hear me? God's will for us forever is blessing. God's will for us forever is life. And when you abide in God, He will help you to make the right choices. God will always reveal to us what is right and wrong, what is good and evil. I hope that's clear. I'll go back to the story, Genesis 18, verses 16 to 18. It says there, then, 16, then the men rose from there and looked towards Sodom, and Abraham went with them to send them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. This tells us how Abraham is a friend of God. God tells him his plan. Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm doing? That's what Jesus was saying in John 15. The friends are the ones that know what the Father is going to do because he talks to them about it. Now look at verse 19. And I will read it in the King James. For I know him. God is about to tell us what he likes about Abraham. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him. That's one. He will command his children and his household after him. Two, and they shall keep the way of the Lord. And then to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken of him. So in other words, okay, in other words, because of Abraham's obedience, they will keep his word. They will keep his way. And as a result, they are going to make the right judgments. They are going to discern between good and evil. This is what abiding does the friends of god abide and they'll be able to discern what is good and evil now look at what it further says in verse 19 in order that the lord may bring upon abraham that which he has spoken of him what do we learn from here you have to make the right judgments in order that God can bring the blessings He has told you upon your life. On this earth, we are not saved just to do what we want. There are consequences in making the wrong judgments. 
even if you're already a child of God. But the good news is if you're still alive, you're breathing right now, there's nothing too late with God. That's the purpose of repentance. Remember what we've learned? The first blessing he ever gave to man is repentance. Repentance. Why? So we can turn away from what from our sins, we can turn away from what's negative, and we can turn back to the Lord. We can turn back to His Word. We can turn back to His way. And that's a blessing. So in that story, okay, in that story of Genesis 18 and 19, both the blessing and the cursing came. If you're going to read it tonight, 18 and 19. And it's now going to depend on the judgments that people will make. For Sodom, we already know that story, they made the wrong judgments. They totally gave themselves to a homosexual lifestyle and they even wanted to have relations with angels. Okay? Wrong judgment. So, we need to make right judgment so that the blessings of this life will come upon us. God speaks the blessing, but it's going to depend upon your judgments. It's going to depend on your judging, whether it's right or wrong, whether it's life or death. Choose life and not death. And whatever your choice is, it will come upon you. Now, I'm saying this again, like I said, we've studied this before. The reason why I'm repeating myself is because there is still a lot of Christians who are missing this important lesson in the Bible. This is where a lot of Christians miss it. They cannot balance between the sovereignty of God and the free will of man. They think they're separate. But in essence, they go together hand in hand. Yes, God is sovereign. He's king over all. He's Lord of heaven and earth. But we get to choose if we're going to make him Lord or not. We get to choose if we, may, if we become his friend or not. If we do what he commands us to do for our own good. Now we've got to realize, okay, this is not a hard choice. Because the good news is we have been given much already. God has given his presence. God has given his glory. God has given his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit now resides in us. God has given us absolute truth in the word of God. He made us joint heirs with Jesus Christ. He loves us the way he loves Jesus. What more can we ask for? All spiritual blessings have been given to us in heavenly places. But you see, even if the blessings are there, we still get to choose. We need to make the right judgments. And in order to make the right judgments, we need to abide in the Lord. And I want to end with this story. Remember? Remember the temptation in the Garden of Eden? Satan tempted both Adam and Eve. 
In verse 5, he said, For God knows that in the day you eat of it, eat what? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The bottom line of the temptation is this. Adam, if you eat of that tree, you'll be able to judge between good and evil, and you'll be like God without God. That's the temptation. You don't need God anymore. You can do this by yourself. And they believed a lie. That's why they fell. And that's why sin came into the world. Now, it's the same temptation he's doing right now to all of us. He's still saying to us, it's okay if you miss a day or two with God. That's okay. You can live without Him. It's okay not to buy. Just go by your confessions today. Just go by what you know last year or last month. It's still the same. It's still the same temptation. You can make it without Him. But I want to say to all of us, God is good. He is good. God is still inviting all of us to abide, to hear from Him, to listen, agree, and do what He tells us to do. There's a fresh invitation tonight. I believe that. There's a fresh invitation tonight to become His friend so He can use us in these last days. Let me remind all of us, there are two great events in human history that will determine the destiny of people. Two great events that human history hangs upon. One is the first coming of Christ, and the second one is the second coming of Christ. And guess what? Our generation is very near to the second coming of Christ. We're right smack at the end of it, at the end of this church age. He's soon coming. This is the most exciting, next to the first coming, this is the most exciting event that's going to happen in all of human history. And guess what? We are the chosen generation. Can you imagine? We are the chosen generation right now who will usher in the second coming of Christ. So, what is God up to right now? God is looking for friends. God is looking for friends with whom He can reveal His heart, His mind, His plans at this time and for the future. Friends who will be able to know what He is doing and join Him in doing what God wants done today. My um, question to you tonight, will you answer the call tonight? Will you be his friend? Are you willing to be in constant connection and agreement with God? Are you willing to abide? Are you willing to answer the call of friendship and partnership with God? Because to abide means okay, constant connection and constant agreement with God on a daily basis so you can make the right judgments, avoid 
avoid the traps of the enemy, and receive the blessings of this life. I hope you make a decision tonight before God, before you sleep, and ask yourself, do you want? Do you want to be a friend of God? Do you want to be a part of what He's doing on the earth? And it's up to you to make that choice. Nobody can make that choice to you. But it is an exciting call, an exciting invitation for all of us tonight. So I just want to end there, okay? I just want to end there.